This week on Happified, I'm thrilled to share with you my conversation with Jonathan DePotter, exploring new methods or modalities of introspection and living life more aligned with our true purpose and discovering what lights us up and how we can clear patterns that don't serve us. After Jonathan's own experience with plant medicine and recognizing what he felt should be more available to those in order to take away the fullest experience, he created the model to provide that to his guests. Listen in as we explore the facets of Behold Retreats, who experiences transformation when working with the plants and the benefits they enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Hey there, friends. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress, reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes where you can find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on, where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month, whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy this week to introduce you to Jonathan DePotter. Jonathan is the founder of Behold Retreats and advocates for elevating consciousness and working on ourselves as the most meaningful way to improve the world. As a thought leader in plant medicine, his priority is to guide others to maximize the benefits and to raise education and awareness on the subject. He enjoys complex problems, meditation, surfing, and is energized by big, bold ideas. And there's a lot to explore in this topic, so I know we're going to have a great conversation today. Prior to founding Behold Retreats, Jonathan worked as a strategy consultant at Accenture, and country manager for Capco Thailand, supporting F500 companies with their digital strategy and technology transformations. Jonathan, thank you so much. And I know we're bridging some time zones, so it's early where you are. Good morning. Morning, Susie. It's lovely to be connected and lovely to have this conversation. Really looking forward to it. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's something, it's a topic that is becoming more widely discussed. There's some research coming out in this topic and I've talked with some people who work in the areas of trauma and PTSD specifically. And as someone who has family in the military, that in particular is of interest to me. So I love 
learning about the potential of healing and growing through working with the plant. So I'd love to know more about how you came into this specialty. Yeah, sure. Happy to share. So just to set a bit of a frame and context, you know, I, I grew up in Hawaii and was surrounded by so many substances and substance abuse, unfortunately, that the narrative that we're all given in school of just say no really matched up with what I saw around me, right? I saw a lot of negativity and abuse and all of these bad things growing up there. And so it wasn't until my 20s that I actually had a friend that went on a retreat and she came back from an ayahuasca retreat, actually completely transformed. And so at that point, I remember in my mind going, hmm, there's something here that doesn't match the narrative that I've been given, that we've all been given. And so for me personally, I wasn't ready at the time. It was still about 10 years, about 10 years following that I went on my first retreat. But, you know, through my career, I kind of got stuck in the hamster wheel, right? And chasing that next promotion, chasing that next client, the next deal. I had moved to Hong Kong. I was working in strategy consulting. And I found that after about five years on that hamster wheel, you know, I was being promised the partner promotion and, you know, I had a good life, good friends, I was maybe drinking a little too much, but I just remember looking at myself in the mirror one day and just going, is that it? Is this it? And, you know, I was an atheist at the time, but I had worked out the world and knew how it worked. And so decided, you know, something told me like, do something different. And so I did something different. I took a year off and through that period, traveled through South America. And as part of that, wound up an ayahuasca retreat myself with two of my friends. And it was such an eye-opening experience. You know, it really just, you know, <laughs> no more atheism by, I mean, it was such a profound, I wasn't adequately prepared. It was such a profound and challenging experience physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I wasn't well supported through my integration process of that experience. I don't think that word was even really used at the time. It was, you know, about five years ago now, integration wasn't really getting the focus that gratefully it is today. And so, you know, at the end of my retreat, they gave me a sheet of paper and said, here, um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, honestly speaking, a month later, I was exactly back to the same person that I was before the retreat. And so it wasn't about until about a year later that I found the, the courage to go and attend another retreat. And then, you know, from that point, I just kind of progressively deepened my own work. And I'm just wondering whether to pause now. I'll provide the full context. So then what happened was I was attending all these retreats over about three and a half years. And I was thinking that I was making great progress. I was more patient, more empathetic, more productive at work. I wasn't losing my cool with the team, which was definitely <laughs> one of the focus areas. Then at that point, I was lucky enough to stumble across some real plant medicine experts. And I made more progress in working with them in just a couple of weeks than I had in the three and a half years prior bouncing around at all these different five-star retreat centers. So that really redoubled my interest and my motivation because I was able to learn so much from these people in a short space of time and really recognize that there's a lot of unmet needs in this market and that actually a lot of people have a journey similar to my own in the sense that they've attended a ton of retreats, but not necessarily gotten the available improvements to quality of everyday life. And so that's really what motivated me ultimately to establish Behold Retreats. Long story, long, long story, not so short. There's a lot, there's incredible potential in doing this work, but it needs to be paid a very particular type of attention 
it requires deep mental and emotional work, and it requires really expert practitioners, which are few and far between, unfortunately. And I think that really speaks to, you know, after your initial experience and that real opportunity to open up and, I mean, just have epiphanies right out of the gate, your very first experience, and then go back and feel yourself falling right into those patterns that you had left. You know, and sometimes it even hurts a little bit more because the window has been opened. We can see a different lifestyle of stepping into balance, but we don't know how to get out of these patterns, right? And so I find it really interesting that you feel the integration part helps to put these pieces back into place in a way that perhaps works better for your participants. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many different pieces that need to come together in order for people to get the most out of this work. You know, I think as this topic picks up in popularity, what we often find is that people don't really know why they want to do this. They know they want to do it, but they don't know why. And so for ourselves, it's really important to understand why we want to do it. And also what we hope to kind of quote unquote, get out of it, not to be too deterministic, because obviously we want these types of experiences to unfold themselves. But to be clear on what we're trying, what we're working on, and what we hope to gain uh, as a result of the experience. And when we treat the plant medicine with the respect it deserves, and we do the mental and emotional work, it's incredible how much progress we can make in a short space of time. And, and then, as you say, these patterns of thinking and behavior, we've entrenched them over decades, right? We've spent decades establishing particular neural patterns in response to all of the stimulus that we have around us. And so thinking that we can, you know, hop on a plane and go for a one week retreat and come back and everything's going to be different. I mean, that's a really tall order. And so we're trying to provide more of that container for people to have real neurological shifts. And as a result of that, just improvements to quality of everyday life. You know, we always say to people like the retreats are great. Don't get me wrong. Like amazing, amazing experiences. But that's not life, right? That's really not life. Life is traffic, as we were speaking about before. Fluorescent lighting sometimes, it's different triggers. It's being conscious of friends trying to drag you out, drinking on a Friday night, you know, whatever it is. And so that's the life that we want to improve, not to have just this really profound experience on a retreat, but then where life returns to normal. And so now with Behold Retreats, you were mentioning a couple of locations before we hopped on and started recording. Where all are you hosting people for these retreats? Yeah, at the moment, we're hosting in Costa Rica, Mexico, and the Netherlands predominantly. So those are our three major locations. But we're also, we're also going to be opening up in Peru once Peru opens up and also probably Portugal and Spain as well. Beautiful. And so obviously in, in the U.S., it's not really available for open consumption as of yet. To be able to use these types of introspection or therapy, I think it's safe to call it therapy. As we also mentioned briefly, I'm aware that there's more research being done in using plant medicine in treating issues like trauma, end-of-life diseases, and that sort of thing, and helping people find more balance and a more positive outlook in situations where otherwise they might be told, you know, here are some tools to cope, but this is what you have to carry. And so to have a total shift of perspective, I mean, a paradigm shift, when you're really coming through some dark times or trying to make a big change in direction, when you recognize you're not happy with where you are and you want to change, 
I think it's a powerful tool and I'm happy to see it's becoming more accessible. And as we've discussed and why I was so happy to have you on the show to really explore the importance of doing it safely and in the right place with the right support and guidance. And to, I mean, from start to finish, the preparation, the experience, and the integration following so that you can get the full benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what you're describing relates back to the the famous quote that the mind is wonderful servant, but a terrible master. And that's just it. The National Science Foundation did research recently that showed your average person has somewhere between 12 and 60,000 thoughts per day. And just about 100% of those thoughts tend to be about ourselves. 95% of those thoughts tend to be repetitive. And 85% of those thoughts tend to be negative. So the great opportunity of this work is actually to just become, to tame the mind, to take back control of this wildly spinning, amazing tool that we all hold in our heads and to recognize that it does have a natural tendency to take shape and take direction in of itself and to say, okay, thank you for your contributions. That's another thought. It's maybe a repetitive one. It's maybe a negative one. And so the whole topic of metacognition can really help people drop their anxiety, drop their depression, because all of those negative thoughts, you can just look and smile at them and say, thank you for that. That's not what's happening. That's just a thought. And move on and move forward with your day and recognizing that it's, it's just a thought and it doesn't need to be given the gravity that we sometimes do lend these things. Yes. And getting to that moment of recognition, you know, having that objectivity with our thoughts is difficult. You know, and meditation is a powerful practice to help you move into that space. And it takes some time and not everyone has the time or the patience to see that through and start seeing the benefits. So I feel like these opportunities give you kind of a a leap head start to getting into that space where you can start to recognize the interplay. I like to refer a lot to the inner gremlin, right? These limiting beliefs or voices that come up and start to vie for control and limit us. And if you can start to recognize they're simply voices, they're not the controlling thought, you know, you can start to move beyond them. Absolutely. And I think you're exactly right to say that these plant medicines have incredible potential to show you new states of mind, right? So in our everyday waking consciousness, you know, often these patterns are so well established that it becomes difficult for us to imagine something happier, something more peaceful. And so with these experiences, they dampen, plant medicine dampens what's called the default mode network, which is ultimately it's the seat of the ego. So it's responsible for ego and identity. It's responsible for executive function, which is part of what keeps the brain a bit compartmentalized. And it's also responsible for any time your brain wanders off into the past, depression, wanders off into the future, anxiety. And so by virtue of turning this thing off, you can go, wow, this is what it feels like to have this thing turned off. And you can actually, it's almost like a muscle is being flexed for you sometimes for the first time. And so you can say, ah, well, that's that muscle. And so we can actually begin to make meaningful steps towards flexing that muscle for ourselves so that we can find more peace on an everyday basis. 
Yes. And then with that awareness, with that goal of bringing ourselves back to that place of balance and perspective, we can start to strengthen those neural pathways and start taking ourselves out of the patterns that haven't been serving us. I love that. So I'd love to know what kind of people are you seeing kind of reach out or explore this? Who are you seeing come to your retreats? Yeah, it's been an interesting range. I would say I'll take a step back and explain the the general types of motivation and then share with you a little bit more about the types of clients that we see. So the first are those that are coming for healing work, which is, you know, what you first alluded to in terms of people who have something that they like to work on. So whether that's PTSD or anxiety, depression, maybe addictions or patterns of behavior and thinking that are no longer serving them, those sorts of things. The second is really around creativity and growth, right? Where people feel like, okay, life is good. Life is pretty good, but I'd like to be operating even at a higher level. And so, of course, there are still those limiting beliefs and behaviors. There's so much around identity that needs to be let go of in order for us to find our true selves, our authentic selves. And then the third is really related to spirituality in terms of, you know, deepening connection with source. And so, there's other motivations as well, you know, more recreational and, and abusive, but we don't really get those types of people because it's just cheaper ways to do that <laughs> if that's the motivation. So, you know, I would say generally speaking, the clients we get are between 35, 30 to 35 up until about 60. You know, there's some that are a few that are younger, a few that are older, but that's generally the case. And the motivations really are spread across that. I've been surprised actually by the number of clients that have shared interest with us that have already done quite a bit of plant medicine. So in establishing this business, I just kind of had in mind, oh, we'll get a lot of first timers and people who haven't done so much of this sort of thing before. But that's actually proving not to be the case that there's a lot of people out there similar to myself, actually, where they've been doing a lot of plant medicine work over years, sometimes even decades, but they just they feel like they might be missing something. And so our instincts and intuition is usually right as it relates to this type of work. You know, I always tell our clients, I'm like, just listen to your intuition, whether that's, you know, related to medicine or whether you'd like a shamanic context or more of a white walls and latte machine context, just, you know, listen to your intuition. And that's, that's always going to give you the right answer. I don't have the right answer. Let's have a good conversation, but listen to your intuition. That's the most important thing. I always encourage people to to find the right context, right? And and then once we start working with them, we really go deep on what their motivation and potential breakthroughs might look like. And it's been it's been really rewarding actually because um, the coaches that lead our program are the same coaches that gave me my breakthroughs. So they're exceptional. They've led fifteen hundred people over a couple decades. And so for them, you know, we all come with our stories of like, oh, but. Yeah, sometimes we come with our victim stories of like, oh no, but you don't understand. This happened to me and that happened to me. And it's like, don't worry, your story's totally normal. And it's all about pattern recognition, right? And so very quickly they're able to guide people towards places of recognizing what it is that they are not willing, you know, where are the payoffs for their victim story? And so being able to guide people and letting those sorts of things go so that they go. And even to say the words, I am willing to let go of my victim story. Well, when are, when are you willing to let go of your victim story? Well, I'm willing to let go of my victim story now. Okay. Are you really? Mm, you know, <laughs> and so there's a lot of emotions, right? There's a lot of emotions that come up in exploring these sorts of dynamics. And so being able to guide clients 
through those emotional experiences and begin to release some of those associated emotions ahead of a retreat, right? Because what we don't want, what clients don't want is for the worst of the emotions to be processed on the retreat, right? Because these plant medicines have incredible power to amplify what's happening in the subconscious. And so the more time that we have to work on what's happening in the subconscious and begin to release and clear out some of those things ahead of a retreat, so much better the retreat experience is going to be because you're not spending so much time amplifying past painful experiences and spending more time moving towards your growth and your ambitions and your opportunities to really improve quality of life as opposed to letting go of the past. And both are important, but like, you know, we want people to be having more time in the good and less time, you know, agonizing or releasing the the past. I think that's really powerful. And I love that that's part of what you've been able to create with the way that your coaches can work with your participants and start the process before and have them in that space of being open and receptive so that they can get the most out of the experience itself. I feel like I've heard of some people who go from using the plant medicine again and again and again, and I believe that could be a part of it. They're not putting as much thought into their intention to working through what they can on their own with their own awareness and starting to build that muscle and just relying on the plants to bring the epiphanies and the clarity and and do all the work. I love that this is more a collaborative or participating kind of a method. Yeah, it's, you know, the ego, it's so sneaky. It's incredibly sneaky. And it's so difficult to see our own mental and emotional blind spots by definition, right? It's possible. And often why people find themselves in these cycles that you're referring to, Susie, is because they know, the intuition knows there's something else there, right? And so it's, it's very possible to have like the core of the problem here in the ego just completely bypass and sneak around it. And it's far more common than not, right? I mean, what I say to people, if you want some evidence, go look at any psychedelic scene. (laughs) Is that necessarily a group of people who you would say are thriving in terms of their personal, physical, and emotional health, spiritual health? Are they having great relationships? Some people, yes, but often there's these groups of people are not necessarily thriving by any modern definition. And so the question would be, well, why is that? Well, because the plants in of themselves are just a tool. They're not actually positive or negative. They're neutral in my mind, similar to a hammer, right? It's not anything special. It's how you use it that's special. And so if you spend $10 and get a tab and shuffle off with some friends and and have a great afternoon, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But the spiritual world does respond in kind to an energetic investment. And so As and when people are really deeply investing in themselves and spending the time and the energy and the money to really invest in themselves and go deep, then the plant medicine, the spiritual realm does respond in kind. And that's not me speaking as a salesman. You know, that's just, that's the reality of it because it's, it's so different, right? You're making a meaningful energetic exchange for yourself. So yeah, it's a funny dynamic. You know, actually, when I first started this business, I first had in mind to follow the Vipassana meditation retreat model, which is pay it forward. So I was like, this is incredible work. This is so important. More people should do this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite 10 friends on an incredible retreat. They're going to have the time of their lives, big breakthroughs all around. And then they're going to invite their friends. And that's going to just, that's going to be a really beautiful and natural way to build this business. 
that is absolutely not the right way to do this work. For Vipassana, it works well because 10 days of silent meditation is an enormous commitment for the majority of people. It's like that in of itself is like, wow, that's just too much. Whereas for a plant medicine retreat, you know, where you're going to Costa Rica or wherever in the jungle for a week and going to people like, oh yeah, great. No problem. That sounds like fun. And it's like, mm, that's not it. Uh, so, so it's really important that energetic exchange of like, I'm ready to go deep within the soul needs to be calling, not like, oh yeah, free retreat in Costa Rica. That would be, that sounds great. That's really not the best way. And so once I had shifted, I got some guidance. I'm like, okay, so you've done a retreat for your friends now start charging. And the moment I started charging, I was like, wow, now they're getting much bigger shifts than they were before, which is so incredible. Well, and, and that's definitely, I mean, that's a point of conversation or concept that a lot of healers and coaches have to work through is, but I want to help everybody. I don't want to price anyone out of my model. Everybody deserves help, but people don't value what they receive for free, right? So if there's the we travel to a different place. We remove ourselves from the environment. We invest in not only financially, but time-wise too. Like, okay, you can come and join us in our retreats, but you're going to work with someone in advance and expect to continue the work afterward in order to get the full benefit. Like you said, they could have a cheaper experience somewhere else if they were just in it for <laughs> a joyful afternoon <laughs> or not. And, and I think that's something that people if they're not aware of, should recognize too, is that working with plant medicine can be difficult. It's not all having a fun, sunny afternoon trip. You can go some deep and potentially darker places. That's why you need some guidance. Yeah, 100%. And I'm so glad you raised that, Susie, because it's funny, actually, we do get some, shall we say, negative attention from people who are like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, why are you charging so much for this work? And, you know, blah, 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 that whole narrative. I'm like, okay, you become a plant medicine healer and you guide people through their dark night of the soul. And, you know, we're working mostly with people from the business world. And often, as I was, people from the business world have a certain set of dynamics about them that actually leads this work to be more challenging than otherwise. So, you know, they're very driven, they're you know, their minds are generally quite strong, shall we say. They're not really particularly receptive in many ways. And so to break those people open, for lack of a better term, actually requires a lot more expertise, a lot more time and energy. And when they do break open, it's a real opening. And so for them to hold the container for them, and we do so generally in a, in a private setting, we do group, small group retreats as well, but private setting, it's really deep and challenging work. And so I'm not a plant medicine facilitator and healer, right? And I don't necessarily see myself going down that path because I recognize and part of it is because I'm like, wow, this is deep, deep, deep work. And these people deserve to be paid incredibly fairly. And it's actually, it's an unfortunate dynamic in this work that often, you know, I think plant medicine workers actually should be charging more for their work and doing it's a bit of a funny dynamic, but I often think that they should sometimes be paying more attention to fewer people, if that makes sense, rather than getting a group of 10 or 20 people together and, you know, serving plant medicine and seeing what unfolds. It's like, oof, that's, uh, <laughs> that's certainly one way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of attending to do should needs arise, right? Indeed, indeed. 
And so I find that really interesting that you see a lot of people from the business space responding to it. And I see what you're saying too. It's a more driven, perhaps state of mind or character that leads them to succeed in business, but can also push them towards stress. And so this opportunity, this little shift that they can make to break out of that pattern that they've built for themselves is even more powerful to concede some of that control. Yeah, that's it. You know, often people who are driven are so because of a lack of inner self-worth, right? So there's that constant need to succeed, to reach that next level, that next promotion, that next client, that next big paycheck and bonus. And then whatever is happening in the personal life is generally a reflection of lack of self-worth, right? So um, very common within these groups of people is early childhood trauma, what's common within all of us, unfortunately, but often addictive patterns with pornography, with alcohol, with various substances that are more addictive and detrimental. Technology use, right? That's one that almost all of us are guilty of these days. But these compulsive patterns that are so normalized in modern culture and are keeping us away from true self, right? So we've found so many ways to dedicate our time and our energy and and keeping ourselves so busy, right? So busy that we don't have to look at ourselves honestly. So, you know, I think one of the the blessings of Corona has been to sweep out a lot of the distractions whereby people were so tired of reading the news, right? People were no longer distracted by all of the normal life distractions that for the first times we had to go, okay, I'm going to go spend uh, an hour or two by myself. And it's like, well, this is <laughs> not as joyful as I thought it might be. And so it's an exciting time to be alive for, uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. And I think that definitely comes back to what you were saying earlier about the way that people hold on to that story, that inner victim mentality, you know, letting their past define them rather than inspire them. And so this can be a powerful opportunity to start to detach from that story that doesn't serve and start creating a new one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the fun, right? Once we recognize that we can really create our own story. I mean, on some level, we all understand this, but to the extent that that's true is just a function of how we see ourselves and how we know ourselves. And so the more deeply we know ourselves, the more deeply we come to recognize our unique talents and gifts. And we all have a unique talent and gift to bring out and share with the world. And so, you know, that's so motivating for us is when people say, you know, I think I need to be doing this. It's like, aha, now they're onto something. And that's always so beautiful. Yes. Permission to color outside the lines, right? And then that's what starts to shift that lack of self-worth that we've been trying to medicate and cover up and keep ourselves busy enough to not look at. Suddenly, we discover there's more to ourselves than we recognized because we don't have to fit within the model or the mold. So I think that's really empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've been so programmed, right? This is what success looks like, that as we deprogram ourselves and find what it means for ourselves, and that we do have a natural curiosity which is probably greater than anyone else in this world, in this particular area. Great. There's abundance coming to you for this natural curiosity that you have that is greater than anyone else in the world. And so whatever that is, it's beautiful to see that unfold for people and for them to find that true north. 
I love it. And I'm excited to see how things come together and you're able to open up your new locations. And I've traveled to Peru. It's a magical place. So it seems like a natural fit in their economy certainly is going to need the recovery after having their tourism on hold for the last year. So is there anything else that you want to share as we wrap up our conversation? The last thing I would say is just focus on elevating consciousness, right? That's really for us, that's a, a central theme in this work is that and if there is to be one goal, that's it, is to elevate and sustain an elevated state of consciousness. So for those of you out there who may or may not be interested in plant medicine, you can certainly elevate consciousness, of course, without plant medicine. And there's many modalities and mechanisms to do so. So, you know, that's really our message is like focus on elevating consciousness and all of the rest of your dreams will come through for you as you make those steps towards a really deep understanding of self. I love that. That might have to be a new catchphrase rather than making your dreams come true, giving them the space to come through so that you can recognize what they are and actually tune into what resonates for yourself. So we don't end up working 15, 20 years in a career and recognizing this isn't what feeds my soul. So now where do I go? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are having that moment. And it's exciting time to be alive because of that, because there's so many more entrepreneurs. I think there's just 10 times, 100 times more entrepreneurs solving so many different problems that I just, you know, having launched a new business, I'm looking around going, wow, look at all these different tools and things that people are creating. It's just an incredible time to be alive. Truly, absolutely. And I'm glad that we were connected and I'm glad you're doing the work that you do to help people tune back into that wonder and elevated state of mind so they can carry that back through the daily life. Yeah, and love what you're doing as well, Susie. I think it's important work to help people find peace within. It's something that nobody else can ever take away from you. And that's the most beautiful thing. You've got that with you always once we find it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Likewise. Yes. So glad to be connected. And perhaps I'll explore one of your retreats someday. These sound like beautiful places to go to and a wonderful opportunity for some introspection. Thank you, Jonathan. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Sissy. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.